0: Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 at Ajar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lake.
1: Oh man, I love when we got a lot of stuff going on. It's awesome. Hopefully you're enjoying it as well. A lot of football talk with the NFL. Urban Meyer talks today. We'll have more of that conversation and what he said about Trevor Lawrence and another hint that they're taking Trevor Lawrence. And then tomorrow, Trent Balky, the new GM of the Jags, will talk as well. We have the Players Championship going on, and we got a big week for the Jacksonville Iceman. And you know, hockey players can play some golf. Let's bring in the head coach of the Iceman right now, Brett Morton, here at St. John's Golf and Country Club, Austin, back in the Action Sports Shack studios, and say hello not only to Jason Christie, but Coach, say hello to Jake Elmer. The Rangers have assigned him to the Jacksonville Iceman. You got a new player. Yeah, yeah, you came in today. How you doing, Brent? Good. How are you? I know I didn't even say hi. I was just sharing the breaking news. I just got the release. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, he just. Uh, yeah, they just sent him down here, so we're excited to have him. Uh, you know, I, I really like what we got right now, and he, you know, he's a natural uh, right winger, so uh, it'll be good, exciting.
1: Coach, last time I talked to you, we talked to you. You were teaching math class and failing miserably at it at home. <laughs> hope uh, you've Hope you could give up that job by now. How are things going?
2: <laughs> No, yeah, it's going good. Yeah, no, uh, kids are back in school and things are kind of, you know, somewhat, uh, getting back to normal here for us anyways. You know, like, uh, we got a big one here Thursday night and, you know, it's limited seating, but you know, the fans are, uh, are into it and the players are excited and, you know, we just got to keep winning here for sure.
1: Are you guys doing okay with uh, the COVID protocols and is it kind of like normalcy for you now? I know nothing is really normal, but does it feel like, okay, we're in a rhythm of this and we can kind of just do that and then go play hockey?
2: No, I think for sure, uh, you know, at the start of the year, you know, it was all new, so it was really weird, but, uh, you know, guys, you know, we test, you know, twice a week here and stuff, so it's it's been really good as far as that. and uh You know, we haven't, uh, as of late, knock on wood here, things have been going good for us and, you know, our travel has been, you know, pretty easy, uh, this year for us. We don't have to really go out until the end of March here. We head up north, uh, to Fort Wayne and Indianapolis and stuff. So it'll be a little bit of a change, but, uh, other than that, you know, it's, uh, you know, the guys have been battling here and, and, uh, you know, we got an exciting group and, uh. You know, we got obviously uh, with guys getting sent down from the NHL and the American League, it's uh, the hockey's been really good pace, but
3: Coach, you know, you, you bring up the point, that it's a big weekend for you guys. You guys play in Greenville, and it's an interesting schedule the way you got it set up right now. There's going to be two home games in Jacksonville. It's going to be Thursday and Friday. And then Saturday, you travel to Greenville. Obviously, when we talk about playoffs, you're accustomed to playing a team a couple times in a row. But back to back to back nights, I guess, how, how is that on the team in terms of your? physicality and then guys getting well rested and then obviously having to take that road trip to greenville friday night
2: yeah no and, and you're right Austin. like it's you know it's a little different this year though like i think back in the day here in playoff style like you know you're going to be have you know it is going to be hard fought because you know we got games in hand on them and you know we, we want to jump up there in the standings so it's going to be important for us but you know, as far as the, you know, the bruising it up and stuff like that, I, I think that right now the focus is hard in between the list. The hockey, I'm telling you, I stand behind the bench and I just go, like this is good. Like it's fast, hard hitting, and it's exciting. And, and, you know, with extra guys, you know, we're fortunate our owner Andy's allowed me to keep a couple extra guys just because of the fact that the, you know, the American League and NHL are having short seasons. So it allows us to have extra guys to be able to play and step in and, so we have four reserve spots where, you know, we'll play two games, I'll leave three guys behind uh, that are a little banged up or whatever and just add three new guys that haven't played. So, you know, that's that side of it, it makes it a little easier and it just keeps that tempo up.
1: Jason Christie, Jacksonville Iceman, head coach with us on Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690. We love having Coach on. It's actually been a mile since we had you on. Big night's Thursday, Friday night, coming up 7 o'clock downtown. Go check it out. Uh, Limited capacity, but go get your tickets and be a part of it. Support the Iceman. So much fun to watch the Jacksonville Iceman play. How is this working? I see on the standings, Coach, that a lot of teams have played 29, some played 31 games. You guys have only played 26 games. How do right. you kind of measure where you're at when you're a few games behind? Uh, how many have been played? Like, what's the mentality of that?
2: Well, and, and the mentality right now for us, it's this is a big weekend because like Green, you know, like we got games on hand on Greenville, so those are four point games. So it's important for us to get going, and our group has really come together here within the last couple of weeks. And uh, you know, for us right now, it's it's a win percentage with points. So it's uh, it's important for us to to keep jumping up on those four point style games.
1: Coach, you guys did get off to a slow start. Sorry, Austin, real yes. quick. You got off to a slow start. I mean, but you, so you really like where you're at right now? Then I mean, you're finding yourself.
2: Oh yeah, like we're coming in. You know what? At the start of the year, we had a lot of new guys. Uh, teams had mostly, uh, you know, uh, the Everblades, for instance. They had, you know, uh, what was it? six NHL guys from Nashville down uh, because their American League team wasn't playing. So, you know I mean? They had a little bit of a jump on us, but our guys are coming together. Like, it's pretty much a whole new team, and, and uh, now they're starting to, you know, get strides here. And, and I, I got Jitnik, uh what a player he is. Brandon Jitnik got sent down from New Jersey here last week, Brandon. There's a kid who played in the NHL uh, two years ago. You know what I mean? He's only 22 years old. So, you know, he's got speed. And I had an Elmer today from the Rangers, uh, yeah, I really like what we got, and Kai's just standing on his head in the net right now, too.
3: <laughs> Coach, we had w- Wacey Rabbit on probably uh, kind of towards the start of, of the season, and, and he was talking about how for some guys it's hard to get ice time, obviously, with COVID-19 and uh, all the precautions right. back then. So like, did, did you notice a little bit of a difference in terms of continuity? You said you have a bunch of new guys this year and everything, but was it kind of hard to get everybody on the same page just because, well, some guys may not have skated a while just because of COVID-19?
2: hundred percent. Right. You know, I, I had guys come in, especially once we started the year, we were a little shaky here. So I changed a few things up, uh, Austin, but you know, we had guys that weren't even able to escape the last two months, uh, because their arenas were shut down. And so, you know, I mean, once they kind of get the bearings going here, like I said, now we're full stride, Yeah. Uh, you know we're excited about what we got, and, and like I say, you just can't lace them up. As you know, you came out that time for a tryout there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It's not easy to lace them up and go.
3: <laughs> you better believe it, man. I was sucking wind like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> hey, hey, you could stop at You could stop at lacing them up. It's just not easy
1: to lace them up. No, it's not. <laughs> no, no, that'd be
2: me and you, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: hey, coach. Hey, you know the way I'm looking at this with some of your guys coming down from you just said, 22 year old guy who's played in the league. Uh, coming down to you guys, heck of a player, just get a player from the Rangers and Elmer. Is is this really one of the most unique opportunities for a hockey fan to see at this level some of these talented guys because of the pandemic and the situation that we're in? Like, we might not get this again. You don't see, like you mentioned, I think six NHLers down uh, with one of the teams earlier in the year. I mean, you don't see that in the ECHL that much, right?
2: No, the only time you see that during, it's happened a couple of times during the lockout year. You know, I, I know when I was coaching California there, I, you know, I had uh, five guys from the Kings down. So, you know, it, it's a unique year this year, but it, it, the thing about it is they're young, hungry, and, and you know, they they still got that opportunity. So that, you know, standing behind the bench and just seeing them, like, like I said, it's, you know, I love how the, the guys are playing right now and, and we just got to keep winning hockey games and, because I know our our facility, like, you know, we get in the playoffs here, this city's going to rock, and, oh, yeah. you know, we we really do appreciate that, too, from the, from the fans and that that are able to come.
1: All right, well, go make a push, and uh, good luck this week. You actually have home game Thursday, Friday. You hit the road for one on Saturday, but then you come back home on St. Patrick's Day as well, and then another one on Friday. So you're looking at a stretch, four out of the next five games at home over the next ten days or so. Go get some wins, man. Good luck uh, the rest of the way. We'll catch up with you soon.
2: All right, thanks guys.
1: Hey, have a good weekend. Thank you. Thanks, you too. Coach. That's Jason Christie, Jacksonville Iceman head coach. So go out to the arena once again Thursday, Friday, 7 o'clock starts. It's a busy week in town, but a fun week in town. Heck, you can go to the players during the day if you do have tickets, and not everybody can go to the players. So looking for something to do, go see the Jacksonville Iceman play. They hit the road on Saturday against Greenville. So you got three straight games against, and then you got Orlando coming to Jacksonville for two games. So it's a big 10-day stretch for the Jacksonville Iceman. Love having Coach on, and uh, they still haven't called you up, Austin. Sorry. Still haven't called me up,
3: yeah, but listen, man, once those playoffs uh, come around, you need an enforcer for about two minutes. Like I am talking about like the puck drops and you need someone to drop the sticks right away the stick in the gloves and everything and go to war. I'm your guy. But don't expect me to kill any power plays or kinda of defend anybody because like like you said, I was sucking wind that day when I was had my trial at the Jackson Weissman. Uh, it's not like when I was a kid, I'll just say that much. Don't expect me to lace him up. I'll be putting on my golf shoes instead. <laughs> well I'm not gonna lie man and I don't want to sound soft right now. But my my feet hurt out there. Like, my, my, I don't know that I should have stretched first, but like my feet were killing me like ten minutes into
1: the workout. Hey, that's probably because what you do now. And by the way, this isn't the week to get soft on us. You got to fight Thank on you. Saturday. Yeah. Thanks for the uh, reminder. But, but you don't even wear anything on your feet. No, no wonder why. No man. No, no exactly.
3: <laughs> I, I'm not used to art you know, like arch supports and all that stuff and insoles and stuff. Yeah.
1: All right, let's switch back to football. Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, asked him a little bit about Trevor, about the pro day. is now a month old. Uh, they've done some Zoom calls with him. Listen in this conversation because we were curious, remember, about can they even give him the playbook? How far down the road do they want to be? Well, they're still looking at other quarterbacks, maybe trying to hide their hand a little bit, but it sure sounds. They're ready to take Trevor Lawrence with the number one overall pick in April.
4: Uh, it, it couldn't have gone better. you know we I think I made the comment we had high expectations going into it, like really high. Uh, I've seen him throw before. I really wanted Daryl and Daryl Bevel and Brian Schottenheimer to to witness it. They have never you know sh- watching a guy throw, especially throw on videotape that's not the same. And you know and I made the comment about you want to hear it leave his hand listen to leave, go by you. I mean, that's, to me, I I don't know how you evaluate a quarterback without doing that. So I thought he did great. We've had a couple Zoom calls with him, and he's been great. We like where we're at with him.
1: If I could follow up just real quick, are you guys allowed to, if you wanted to get to this point, to put a playbook in his hands even before? The draft, is that something you'd be allowed to do or interested in doing? We're,
4: uh, we're doing that with several positions and, and more than one quarterback. We're, 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 you are allowed to do that. You know, in the old days, you did that. I sat in them when I was a coach in college. You sit in those meetings and you learn a lot. You learn a lot about the team that's doing the uh, evaluation, how thorough they are. And then you obviously learn a lot about the players. So, yes, we have done that and you are allowed to do that. And not just the quarterback positions. We're going to do that with other positions. That's a, that's essential to, to find out, the, the first of all, where, are your, where are your, what's your starting point of the football acumen? And then, you know, how are they at learning? And uh, there's only one way.
1: Well, that's Urban Meyer earlier today in his news conference and talking about the playbook, talking about Trevor Lawrence. Okay, some interesting things there. Let's read into it because that's what we do, Austin. First of all, you just go back to the pro day. And I really love I love the concept the idea the the fact that urban, if we go all the way back to those conversations, remember the video he's right on top of yeah. uh, Trevor Lawrence he's next to Dabo Swinney in that pro day, and he's listening to the ball come out of his hands and I've seen him I think he might have done this with jaguars dot com kind of liking it to the f- uh kicker and the way it comes off their foot um and also putting a little pressure on him being right there on top of him, so I get it. But what I really am having a hard time grasp because I probably just haven't heard enough footballs come out of big time quarterbacks' hands, yeah. is like what does it sound like and what's the difference?
3: You know? Yeah, no, for sure. Um I'll be honest, like I played against Peyton Manning, played against Drew Brees, Tom Brady. I didn't notice a difference, but at the same time it's pretty loud in that football field. But I think that like, seeing it in person also makes a difference as well. But, I mean, I guess it's like with anything. Whether, like, you're you know, you're a baseball player hitting the bat off the ball, I guess there's a certain sound that coaches look for on the offensive side of the ball that a quarterback can make when he's throwing a football.
1: Yeah, even the foot to the football on a kicker makes sense. Sure. A bat to a a ball like John Carl Stanton, if you listen to it, it's like, oh my gosh, what just happened? You know, uh, if you go to the players championship this week and have been before and you listen to a pro golfer strike the golf ball, it's noticeably different than you playing with your buddy on a Saturday morning. So, like, I get it. I just can't quite figure. I'd love to put like, uh, an eighth grade quarterback, uh, a college quarterback, and then like Trevor Lawrence out there and see if I could figure out the difference of listening to the spin of the football, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I just don't know what that would sound like. So that visual and and, and uh, the senses of that, I think, are very interesting, and that's how deep kind of the, the dive goes for Urban Meyer. The other part of it is the playbook stuff. And I appreciate the answer by Urban Meyer because we were wondering about that. Could they do it? He's saying they're doing it with multiple quarterbacks doing it with multiple positions nobody wants to just give people their playbook what do you think all that means did anybody ever ask you to take a look at a play or whatever the jags might have been running as they were recruiting i mean i don't know did that happen going to college he he kind of lets on like it's a pretty common thing but is it just general concepts? Do you think that they're taking out of the playbook and saying, "Hey, here's here. What do you think about this? How would you react to this? How would yeah. you call this? How, uh, what's what is your visual of of his explanation of that?"
3: Well, first of all, I was a fifth round pick, so I got a backpack and sometimes the, the occasional hat or sweatshirt. So, like, let's <laughs> let's take the playbooks out of it real quick for my perspective. But but I think for the most part, I don't think Urban Meyer is going to give him like. Or whoever it is, you know, whether it's Zach Wilson we're talking about or, or Trevor Lawrence, like, well, maybe Trevor Lawrence gets the big one, but like, he's not going to give him the whole playbook because that would be foolish. Because then that quarterback has seen it, that quarterback can rem- can remember it. But I think in terms of philosophy, in terms of scheme, like those things you hand out because you, uh, you know, you want to have meetings about it, right? You you want to see how the player picks up on it because let's be honest, right now. This year, in terms of evaluating the talent, is very different. The combine is shut down, so you have to know how players can pick up this information and how they can adapt it to their playing style. Well, a good way to find out is give them a little bit of the playbook, at least show them the scheme, get their thoughts about it, and what their goals are. Because, like Urban Meyer said before, I mean, you get more than one Zoom meeting, you know, for per uh time now for per play i think it's like four zoom meetings total so i think a lot of coaches do their due diligence and they're going to hand out those playbooks or a, a form of those playbooks just so they can kind of get a, a feel of how the athlete is taking up that knowledge and how they can relate to their personal use
1: yeah i have this uh, again i'm kind of going off this visual soundbite from urban meyer and trying to just see okay what does this look like and if you take the zoom calls which by the way probably are pretty in-depth with all the quarterbacks and probably certain players, especially near the top of the round. But I would think right now probably very in-depth with Trevor Lawrence, knowing that the Jags most likely, 99% sure, are going to take Trevor Lawrence uh, with the first overall pick in the draft. But if you take the Zoom calls, my wife tutors a lot, right? Sure. And so she's tutoring math, and she does a lot of the tutoring now over Zoom. And I see her all the time. I don't pop in there very often, but as I'm walking by, I'll see her drawing on a whiteboard. And so there's a, there's that ability to do that over Zoom, which is kind of fascinating. And I'm sure Microsoft Teams or whatever they're using can do the same thing. But it's a pretty fascinating concept considering that's what you visualize quarterbacks coming in for visits doing anyway, right? Yeah. Put him on the board. See what he does at the board. The Patrick Mahomes story about what he did on the board. Well, you can actually still accomplish that even over these virtual meetings, which is pretty wild, and that's the way I see this kind of set up. It's like, hey, hey, we're going to give you a play. What does it look like on the board to you? And well, go draw with it. Use your right hand because your left hand's in a sling based on surgery, most likely, sure, Trevor. Sure. But I mean, isn't that pretty? What a wild time uh, for this process to be taking place. But it really doesn't feel like it inhibits the process too much because of the technology and what they're able to do.
3: Yeah, you know, the, I get what you're saying there, but I also feel like there's something to be said for that person-to-person interaction. I think there's a little more oh, yeah. pressure when you have that, um, you know, especially when you're sitting in front of the team or standing in front of the team and like you're on the board. Like that's another sense of pressure. And listen, we know Urban Meyer likes that pressure. We saw it at Trevor Lawrence's pro day when he was throwing the football, and Urban Meyer standing literally five yards away from him that was added pressure and you want to add that pressure to the to the guys coming in the league because you want to see how they respond to it you you want to see if they can adapt or if they crumble so you may have to get creative this year uh in, in how you apply that pressure per se and i think handing out that playbook and then making them get on the board via on the zoom meetings or whatever the case may be uh can help out a little bit
1: all right here's the ultimate question and we don't know the answer But play along, will you? Who else at quarterback would the Jags be doing this with? Who else are they looking at? How far down is their due diligence? They could take six quarterbacks. They could take Trevor, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Kyle Trask, and Mac Jones. Let's just take those six. They could go more, I get it. But let's just take those six, the bigger names in the draft. And they could say, okay, let's... Let's really do our research on these guys. Let's meet with these guys. Let's see them on the board. I don't think it goes six deep. No. I think it might go three deep. If it goes three deep, is it simply Zach Wilson and Justin Fields as well?
3: Um, That's a great question. I would say, yeah, probably Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. I don't think you're going to throw Mac Jones in that mix. I don't think you throw Trey Lance in that mix. So, yeah, I, I think because obviously the Ohio State guy and Justin Fields and Zach Wilson, who's supposed to be the, the overall number two guy now at the quarterback position. So I would say those three guys, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and, and Justin Fields.
1: Yeah, I think I think a little bit of this might even be – do you think Urban from the Fields perspective is Ohio State connection uh, almost uh, – Yeah, it might be a little bit for the Jags, but it also might be a little bit to help almost fields. Like he could probably give him some information, knowledge, uh, reps, those kind of things.
3: Yeah, I think so. But also it's a tool to go against your opponent as well. I'm reminded of my rookie year, um, and I, I won't say who the guy was in my draft class, but that that year then, so coming from the Combine and then playing for the Jaguars, that year, Jack Del Rio, we played against, uh, it was the Denver Broncos. And Jack Del Rio made it very apparent that one of the guys that he interviewed during that Combine process, he said, this guy will crumble under pressure. Um, this guy absolutely choked on his interview. And surprisingly, it wasn't me because I choked kind of big time as well. <laughs> but but, but the, the gentleman that you were getting ready to play against, uh, he choked big time. And we can expose him. We can exploit him. So we're going to attack him. And this was all based off of essentially a combine interview. Right now, we did, and it worked out, and I believe we won the game, if I'm not mistaken, against Denver. But sometimes those tools of how guys can learn, how they handle pressure, y- you can use that to your advantage when you play against them.
1: Man, sometimes I really like having you on the show, just for whatever. Yeah. But then other times, you hit like a topic like that and even give me an example. Yeah. I mean, then I'm like I really like having you on the show. Yeah. I mean, that's good. Like that makes sense to me though. I do believe that's the way the NFL works. Like yeah. I think you're spot on. They know they're taking Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. But you just in case something catastrophic gush. Well, Not on wood, but yeah. you got to do your diligence, but also you're getting ahead on scouting. You play the Jets this year. If they have Zach Wilson, get in his head
3: now. Absolutely, man. It's only <laughs> going to help you out. It's advantage. I like that a lot. And by like the way, that. the the guy wasn't Tim Tebow either. I should probably clarify that right now. Oh, yeah, that's a good clarification. I just thought about that. Wasn't Tim Tebow? <laughs> <a> good clarification. <laughs> yeah. How did that guy play in the game? Do you remember? Oh yeah, yeah, and it, yeah. Uh, it, 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 was, uh, was Jack right? No, no. Well, and <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, what no, was Jack right about? the Diddy crumble? No, yeah, yeah. Did oh, crumble? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, okay. Kind of. I mean, I don't know. Like it's. Uh, I, I see. the... Uh, <laughs> We, I can, we, I've said too much already. Yeah, so yeah you said say. too much because somebody right now is going back and looking at that roster. I know, for sure. <laughs>
1: we'll be back live from St. John's Golf and Country Club. Action Sports jacks on ESPN 690. More football talk on the way.
3: Austin Lane. I had braces. I still have my permanent retainer in. It's been knocked out twice. Brent Martineau. So, so it's not once, stuck in there. <laughs> once, uh, when, no, it's not stuck so in there. It's not. Action Sports jacks on ESPN
0: 690.
1: Hey, welcome back. We're all over the place this week. It's Players Week, so we celebrate local golf, and we do it in a variety of ways. We're live at uh, Southampton yesterday, live today at St. John's Golf and Country Club, right on the back patio, $2.5 million renovation they just completed. How about this little note from here? Largest non-convention center space in St. John's County. I just looked at the menu. Looks outstanding. The hours Tuesday through Sunday for dinner, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m., lunch, 11 to 3. They have a happy hour mixed in there as well, so you should come out and check it out. St. John's Golf and Country Club. And, of course, that's not even talking about the golf course. Always has some of the best greens in town and uh, a really good layout as well. Been playing this for a dozen years Reminder, ESPN690.com for 25% off the Dream 18 card. Uh, You're already getting discounted golf. You can get even more discounted golf. be the best deal in town if you go get it this week only, the Players' Championship Week. Uh, ESPN690.com for all you golf fans out there. By the way, get some free stuff, too. Smoothie King and Baker Sports along the way. Dome Hats, too. Free. Free. Free stuff. So, uh, go check it out, ESPN690.com. I told you we had a lot going on. We're going to get to, I want to ask about Hunter Henry because he didn't get tagged. So, we're going to get back to football with Austin in a moment. But let's bring in Scott Schroeder right now, the UNF men's golf coach. And it's a golf week, it's also Giving Day coming up on the campus of the University of North Florida. So, that's a huge deal on campus. Scott, what's happening? you were out at the players. Heck, I think yesterday you were out at Southampton. You guys were practicing when we were over there. You're out at the players today. You're getting all over the place.
0: Yeah, Brent, I almost could be deemed as stalking you. You know, team had <laughs> practice yesterday at Southampton, and then snuck out and watched a little bit of the pros with my daughter this afternoon out at the players. Uh, that place looks really good. People should have, are going to have a great week out there this week.
1: Yeah, and the weather fantastic. Uh, speaking of your daughter, I was going to save this till later, but you mentioned her. Caitlin is playing unbelievable golf congratulations on her success uh, how's she doing what's coming up for her and uh, no doubt I mean this isn't just like a dad story this is a sports story in town that we have to keep an eye on Caitlin Schroeder because I, I got a feeling if she's not already she's going to be one of the best female golfers coming out of our area
0: yeah and uh, she's done she's done really well her next event's not till the. US women's which uh, she'll play with a partner from Orlando named Lauren Clark um now she's done she's had a great last year since covid hit she's uh raised her ranking in the ajga to ninth in the country which is pretty good for a kid that's still a sophomore in high school so uh couldn't be more proud of the work she puts into it
1: i'd say that's pretty darn good how's your golf team doing i know you love the talent uh if last time i talked i think you're pretty young though right i mean you guys have a nice squad that could be good for a couple years
0: yeah, we have a really young team. Um, nine of our, uh, nine of our guys are basically sophomores and freshmen, and, uh, which is the youngest we've ever been. We're a little larger than We're 13 guys because of the COVID stuff from last year, but we got, we got a freshman right now. It's ranked about 14th in the country, which, uh, that's, that's pretty darn good for a kid just rolling into, rolling into college golf. And, and he's maybe the most talented we've had. Obviously, we've had some pretty good players and we've got some other young guys that are also pretty good. So. This, you know, we're ranked about 25 to 30, depending on which poll you look at right now. and We've played pretty solid, but if we can get a couple other guys to step up to play with him, uh, it's going to be a fun rest of this year, but the next couple of years can be a lot of fun.
1: How beneficial for your players? Will they get a chance to go out to the Players' Championship and see it up close what those guys look like and what the ultimate dream is? Uh, or do you just not have time in that schedule for the individual players to do that? If they are, like, what do they see? Is that a beneficial tool for them?
0: Oh, it, it's, it's great for them, actually, if they can sneak out there, because they, they really can see um, the fact that these guys just really aren't that different than they are physically. You know, they, I mean, they hit it a little further, but not much further. They hit bad shots, just like they do, but the biggest part is the mental side of it. You know, hopefully they can learn that the guys that are really good are just so good at getting over hitting bad golf shots, because we, we watch it every week. I mean, obviously, we've all have been watching Jordan, and he doesn't hit it great all day long, but he gets that ball in the hole, and... And that's the biggest difference from an, an average college player to a really good college player is just the ability to to limit your mistakes and uh, and keep yourself in a good state of mind. And, and, they, and they should be able to slide out a little bit. We leave town for our next event on Friday, so I've I've left their our practice schedule a little more open than normal, so that way if they get tickets, they can get out there. But um, the fact that we can't really give them tickets, so they have to they have to come about them on their own
1: okay yeah scott schroeder with us unf men's golf coach a terrific program got another good squad this year good luck to you this weekend it's giving day at unf and the schools have been doing this your day is tomorrow givingday.unf.edu what does this day mean for your program the athletic program and really the university as a whole
0: yeah i mean i think i think for i can speak on behalf of all of our athletic coaches you know people supporting us financially is a huge deal for what we what we need and what we do you know we're an athletic department that's up and coming, and, uh, you know, we're trying to compete with many of the best schools in the country, and that extra money has allowed us to do things for our student-athletes that we wouldn't be able to do otherwise. And then, obviously, for the whole university, you know, UNF's still a young school. I mean, I've been around UNF now for about 25 years, and, and that's about all it is at old about 35 years old, which is young in the world of uh, of that. Where you know, Our graduates just still haven't got that old, where they have a lot of money, and and they're old and retiring and be able to give. So we, we need our community to really support UNF and, and, and bring this university to be the best public university, hopefully one of the best in the state. And, and, you know, on that on the website that you just mentioned, Brent, they can support anything at UNF because we get it. There's, there's people that want to support athletics. There's people that want to support other things at UNF. And as a UNF grad, I just, it's just great for our community to get behind, hopefully, the school um, tomorrow.
1: Scott Schroeder with us, UNF men's uh, golf coach. Uh, Let me ask you this uh, to finish, and I don't even know if you can specifically tell me, but just kind of give us an idea. You get tomorrow over the next 24, 36 hours, because actually you can give now, it's already open uh, at uh, givingday.unf.edu, but through tomorrow almost uh, to midnight, I don't even know. Let me throw out a number. I'll throw out like, you get $50,000, which maybe you'd be like, oh, my gosh, that'd be unbelievable. But I don't know what the number is, the goal is. What? Where does that go? Like, if you got that for your golf program, like, what
0: do you do with it? So, so we're, I mean, for our golf program, we're always, I'm always emphasizing student athlete experience. So, um, it allows us to travel a little better, maybe go to a better tournament next year, you know. So, whatever funds that we get, you know, tomorrow for us, for the golf program, I'm going to plug into what I'm going to do next year. Um, and allow my kids to get experience. Like you know, our, our, I mean, I got a team that's going to be really good over the next few years. You know, we're going to probably try to figure out how to travel out west because the national championship over the next five or six years is all going to be played on desert golf courses. Well, there's no deserts in Florida, so at some point we're going to need to experience that if we want to be competitive to win a national championship. And I think every every coach has a little bit of a different philosophy when it comes to that. But at the end of the day, most of these funds will end up going to things that directly impact the student athlete experience it could be equipment it could be travel it's just going to be all sorts of different things based on the program but, but for us it's that's my focus is i want these kids to feel like they're being treated like they're playing at a power five school and you know people giving us that money is what allows us to do that
1: well your program certainly can compete with those power five schools excellent golf program at the university of north florida givingday.unf.edu and here's the deal you have all day tomorrow the link is live now though accepting giving day gifts each sport has her own uh, title and donation link and the leaderboard also is up there on the website so go do that over the next 24 hours or so and help support UNF uh, and all the endeavors and uh, the Scott Schroeder's golf team as well alright I'll leave you with this man, uh, who you got? Who you got winning the players championship? Who's hot right now? I got, what do you like?
0: I gotta I got go um, I'm going to Victor Hovland or Colin Morikawa. I'm going to two guys freshly out of college I mean, they're good and the way they drive the ball should fit this golf course really well.
1: Alright, uh, good luck to Caitlin, good luck tomorrow during Giving Day and hopefully we'll see you on the golf course soon
0: Sounds good, Brent. Thanks for the time.
1: You got it. That's Scott Schroeder from the University of North Florida. Let's bring in Austin Lane once again here at Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690. We switch back to football, man. Uh, Hunter Henry did not get tagged. Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith. Who are you going to get if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars?
3: Both. Um, <laughs> both. Because because you know why, Brent? Because you have it. You can't be buried with it, as Zach Miller always told me when he was rocking his ostrich shoes. So go ahead and get me both. No, um... Oh, it's a great question. If it's me personally, I risk it for the biscuit and I take Hunter Henry. Now, yes, there's a little more injury history, I believe, but a guy that can play tight end, that can play in that slot, that can play on the outside, Hunter Henry can do it all. Um, he's a suitable run blocker as well as John o. Smith is. But I just feel like in terms of the ceiling, which I've seen so far, give me Hunter Henry. But I mean, I'm not going to deny John W. Smith either. They have to get one of them. If they don't get one of those tight ends, then you're doing the team a disservice.
1: Well, that's an interesting point right there. because there are. Listen, they didn't get Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams got tagged. What are you going to do about it? They didn't get Justin Simmons. I would have liked them to get both. They didn't get him. He got tagged. What are you going to do about it? There are going to be some winners and losers in terms of, well, you didn't want to spend that much money. He went somewhere else. Or this guy got tagged. He wasn't available even though there was a little hope that he might be. This one feels different. If Hunter Henry being available, John W. Smith being available, those two guys, the bigger names on the market, will cost some money. Yeah, Doesn't it kind of feel like whoever you want, if you don't get one of them that the Jags lost, you kind of just indicated that, but I think I agree with you. Urban Meyer said today, like he was very candid, we have to rebuild the tight end room. Like He didn't say one nice thing about the tight end room. He said, we have to rebuild the tight end room, and he's absolutely right, we all know it. You could absolutely make the case that hey, go get both of those guys. They're not going to do that. Not going to spend that kind of money on the tight end position, I wouldn't think. But if they don't get one of these guys, don't you feel like free agency next week could be a loss? I,
3: I, listen, I don't even want to talk about not getting one of these guys. Like, I, I, I they have enough money to do it. Now, the, the, the fit's got to make sense and everything and all that stuff, but they have to get one of these guys. If they don't, then they essentially don't accomplish what free agency is for. And that's addressing either a dying need or it's addressing a fact that you're one player away from going to the Super Bowl. Well, with all due respect to Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence, they're not one player away from going to the Super Bowl quite yet. So they have to address the dying need. The dying need right now, as Urban Meyer alluded to, is the tight end position. So if you can't get you know, the highest coveted, whether it is John New Smith or Hunter Henry or the second highest coveted tight end in free agency – then, to me, that's enough. To me, that's a failure. So they absolutely have to get one of those guys.
1: I still think this. If the Jags I, – I think the Hunter Henry availability is a big win for the Jags because now they're not stuck on just a Johnu Smith, at least from a perception standpoint, because I think we are, yeah. right? We're like, well, Hunter Henry, Johnny John Smith, and we got to get one of those guys. Well – I sense that now with Hunter Henry available, you could take the chance. I don't think everybody will like that because of the injury history. But one of those two players could get you excited about your tight end room, and you instantly get better. You add potentially a guy like Kyle Rudolph. I know not everybody wants that. But just a veteran guy that you said, hey, we'll see what he's got left, kind of like Tyler Eifert. You add Josh Oliver and even draft one. Well, now all of a sudden, by next Friday or two weeks from now, we might be saying, hey, we kind of like that tight end room.
3: No, you know? with, no, no, I hear you. Absolutely. And, and keep in mind, too, um, the and Urban Meyer kind of alluded to this today a little bit. So the old tight ends coach from Penn State is now in Jacksonville, uh, Tyler Bowen. Tyler Bowen coached uh, who from Penn State, who's, you know, maybe going to go round two, round three. You better believe that Urban Meyer's taking a long, hard look at Pat Fryermuth, who might be the second best or third best tight end in this draft class because he has the inside track now with Tyler Bowen being his former position coach. I should know because back when I came out in 2010, they they hired my old head coach from Murray State and Matt Griffin, who was a tight ends coach. Matt Griffin gave him the inside details about me, and lo and behold, I came to Jacksonville.
1: So it was Matt Griffin's fault.
3: There he, nice, Brent. Real, real nice when you talk smack when you're about 30 miles away from me. Hey, you're you're only a car ride away, man. Don't get Thanks, too cocky Griff. right now. Appreciate you, Griff. Don't get too cocky right we'll now. We'll be man, back. Action you. Sports, Jack. What you just brought up is a very
1: interesting thing that was revealed today by Urban Meyer. Position coaches are going to be really key in free agency. Is that always the case? Is he treating it a little bit different? Is it a sign of delegation? We talk about it on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Next, live from St. John's Golf and Country Club.
4: you're going to hear the term power of the unit. Use that at Florida and also Ohio State. Ultimately, the tight end coach is responsible for who walks in that room. And he's going to utilize every resource. And that's called scouts. That's called scouting directors. That's called a general manager. It's called a head coach and coordinator. And they're going to do a deep dive. It's also called Zoom calls and finding out as much as he can about that person walking in his his unit room. So that's the way we go about a business. Ultimately, it's position coach is going to have a heavy hand on who comes in there. Yet Trent and his staff obviously are. Are the number one resource we use.
1: That is Urban Meyer today. Talk to the media around noontime. time. I, I, I'll say this, and I don't know Urban well. I, I just We've covered him a bit in the past. Heck, we went to his hometown. We still haven't sat down and talked to him one-on-one or anything like that. So I can't tell you that I know Urban Meyer. But I tweeted this earlier. I think he's been very transparent. Sure, people can criticize the and they will, and and he earned that the Chris Doyle stuff. And there'll be criticisms along the way. I'm just talking about in general. I feel like he's very transparent, and that's not a thing that, that we should care about the the media. It's more for the fans. Like I think the fans should wrap their arms around that. I think that's good. Uh, you know, I think that's what they liked about Doug Marone. He had this level of, uh, genuine like forthright and and just said it how it was sometimes. I don't know if he did that around everything, by the way. Uh, and I don't say Urban Meyer will do that about everything. I, I think that's one thing people did appreciate at the time, early on, in like the Gus Bradley and Dave Caldwell regime, that it felt like they were transparent. They weren't really hiding anything. Uh, and obviously, Gus had a very genuine, so did Dave, genuine nature to him. Uh, so I think fans like that. I, I don't really know overall what it means. I, I just acknowledge it and... In the times that we've had a chance to talk to Urban Meyer, I think he's been pretty transparent. I mean, you can make the case. Not too many coaches, head coaches, would have kind of like revealed the stuff that he revealed today, Austin.
3: No, it's it's very refreshing to say the least. And it also makes our job a little easier because now we can talk about it a little bit. Um I wasn't necessarily expecting it right away. I thought that Urban Meyer would have to, you know, take some time to acclimate to the NFL and how that environment works to actually be a little more candid and open. Uh, but he's coming out the gate doing it, which is, it's not a bad thing. Now, once again, he said a lot of stuff today and we're going to take him at his word for it, how he feels about Andrew Norwell. Um, what, what the process is going to be like in terms of looking at talent and bringing talent to the Jaguars, but, I walked away with a couple things. Obviously, we've discussed the free agency a little bit and, and um, you know, what the plans with the tight ends and wide receiver getting that speed guy. But also I was kind of impressed from the fact that I spoke on this yesterday where I was a little worried that he's going to have too much on his plate, right? Because we get the sense that it's the Urban Meyer show. Um, and, and we've kind of had a couple bread cr- crumbs, a couple clues that have alluded to that. But today I walked away from that press conference thinking, okay, so it's not just Urban Meyer. Like, yeah, he may have the final say, or Shad Khan's going to have the final say, but he's surrounded himself with guys that he can bounce ideas off of, and ultimately, depending on the position group, it's going to be that coach's responsibility.
1: Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up, because that's where I wanted to go with it. And coaches are type A, right? Most of them, 99% of them. And that means you want to control everything. I think one of the challenges and, uh, of Urban Meyer is saying, delegate stuff. You can't do everything. And I think that led a little bit to the stresses of the college game. He indicated that he's going to delegate more. He's not going to run around like a crazy man, I think he said, at practice. But did any of us believe him? Well, he really talked at length today about what you just said. And, and, hey, I'm going to rely on my position, Coach, guys. I went and hired a staff that I trust, that I really like, that I think is good. And I'm going to rely on their knowledge, their input. So I'm not sitting here making every decision and forcing something on them. I like the idea. Will he do it? Well, behind closed doors is what you'll see. I'll also say this, and I just tweeted this out. There's like this calm nature about Urban Meyer right now. I feel that. Like I don't feel like he's over-the-top stressed about what he called earlier this week with Jaguars.com the most important month in franchise history. Mm-hmm. And maybe behind, again, we don't get a great feel on the Zoom call. So I'm not trying to over-dramatize. We can just see what we see and hear what we hear so far. And there's just little samplings of this. But I see a guy who's calm, who's transparent, and who's willing to delegate right now. I I, I kind of like the place Urban Myers in, even though all of this is on him right now.
3: No, I definitely agree with you. At the same time, I'm gonna sue him for copyright infringement because as he closed out the interview, he chucked up the deuces just like I do when the show's done. So I'm not sure where that came from. I'm not sure if he always does that or not, but I've been doing that for the past like year and a half, sir, so we might have some copyright issues. But besides yes. that, yes, he seemed very relaxed and very calm. You're the only one. That- Who else is doing that? Yeah, nobody else is on the show and checks (laughs) up the deuces. And all of a sudden, Urban Meyer, his like second press conference as a Jaguar. Now he's doing it. Herbs might be the only one over 55 that's doing it. I can tell you that. All I'm gonna (laughs) say is Brent, and and I'm not sure what kind of lawyers we got at Cox Media, but Urban Meyer, you better lawyer up. You better lawyer up, man. Coos Kuz, Kuz
1: thought that would go more viral. He caught that. He thought he it did. would be more of a thing and oh, it really yeah. hasn't been I'm a thing. Lie, I didn't even notice <laughs> it at all. Like, I, <laughs> I didn't either. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. right. By the way, shout out to Coos, man, giving us a little Battle of the Sunset look right here at St. John's Golf and Country Club during commercial break. Ooh. Get a good glimpse of it. Get your plan of attack on the eighteenth hole. Like we that. come back, five o'clock hour, more football at five, plus a couple of interviews. We go to the players as well. Tyler McCumber will join us coming up on the way from the Players' Championship. We're live at St. John's Golf and Country Club. Action Sports Jacks
0: on ESPN 690.